You're listening to King's Code Radio, where we are a movement of men, men rising up as kings, kings unto the king of kings, and producing massive results in every area of life. Here is your host, Paul Cooley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of King's Code Radio. If you find yourself in a place known as crisis, something has happened, something's been done to you, you find yourself in the midst of great loss, great pain, great tragedy, if that is you, then definitely stick around. If that's not you, I still encourage you to listen to the following because you can put this in your back pocket and use this for when you've come to a place of crisis. I found that often when you find yourself in a place of crisis, you are in a crossroad because you have two directions you could go. You could go one way that's going to fight through, push through, and get to the other side of the crisis, or you have the other way of giving in, looking for things to numb the pain, and typically leading to more pain, more hurt. So in this episode, we're going to dive into a message I recently delivered known as the crossroad of crisis. Here we go. All right, ready to get in the Word? That was not enthusiastic enough. We'll try again. Are you ready? All right, here we go. If you would, uh, turn to Matthew 26. I am, uh, I'm going to be talking today for a moment about what I'm going to call the, the crisis crossroad. And this may not be relevant for all, but I encourage you to put this in your back pocket because there will come a day and time where this will become very relevant. And this way you'll have a heads up. So Matthew 26. We're going to pick up in, in, a, in a very uh, tender spot of Scripture. But we're going to go to a little bit different place. Um, Matthew 26, we're going to start with verse uh, 31. And this is a delicate place. This is a hard time for the Lord. He is, he is getting ready, prepared. Gethsemane, that experience is, is just right up, the, right up ahead. And he's having a very intimate conversation with the disciples as we start up and pick up in verse 31 where it says, And Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will run away because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been resurrected, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone runs away because of you, I will never run away. I assure you, Jesus said to him, Tonight, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Now turn with me to Luke 22. Luke 22, starting with verse 54. Now, uh, keep in mind, what's happened in between here is... Soldiers came and got Jesus. The whole scenario with Peter cutting off the soldier's ear has taken place. But they have Jesus. So 54 says, They seized him and led him away and brought him to the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. 
and Peter sat among them. When a servant saw him sitting in the firelight and looked closely at him, she said, This man is with him too. But he denied it. Woman, I do not know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You're one of them too. Man, I am not, Peter said. About an hour later, another kept insisting, This man was certainly with him, since he is also a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter uh, remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter finds himself at a crossroad here. What I'm going to call the the crossroad of crisis, I guess. Because when we take a step back and we look at Peter's encounter, first encounter with Jesus, if you think back, here he is, just a fisherman, right, doing his thing, had a lousy catch that night. This, this stranger shows up, and he's like, hey, why don't you just push off and let me use your boat so I can speak to the crowd. And Peter's listening to all of this. And then before the day's done, Peter's like, oh, you know what? Like, you're a fisherman. Why don't you have any fish? <laughs> well, why don't you cast your down the other side, and let's do a different thing, kind of the same thing, but kind of different. And, and, and Peter does it. And all of a sudden, this miraculous thing of provision takes place. And, and from that point on, as Jesus is saying, hey, come follow me, Peter leaves everything behind. And now over the years now, uh, uh, Peter is, is not only walking with Jesus, but hearing him hearing his teachings, seeing and experiencing the miracles. And even just a few short moments ago, cutting a soldier's ear off and Jesus healing it. (laughs) It's like example after example after example. But now all of a sudden, Peter finds himself in a place of crisis. Wait a minute, what is happening? We've always been able to get out of situations like this before. They've never had Jesus before. What's happening? And I can only imagine that Peter is now going through his mind. He's thinking, okay, because we know Peter's personality. I still got my sword. Is there there something that I can do? How how are we going to be able to free Jesus? How, How do we get him out of this situation? But then at the same time, that's probably going through his mind, but at the same time, he's not taking action. We find himself following at a distance and now warming himself by the fire. And he's, he's thinking. He was fully convinced when he went and followed Jesus that this is, this is the Messiah. I'm going to follow him. I'm giving up everything because you don't give up everything for nothing. Fully convinced. But now I think there's this moment now where he's kind of contemplating, okay, this is, this, is, this is new. This is new territory. And in a place of crisis, you will always find yourself, it, it kind of brings out the questions. When something happens, we want to know why. That's usually the first thing. Why this bad thing happened to me? Why, 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 why? We want to know why. But I also have to wonder... Is it, is it possible that he even 
as he's warming himself by the fire, thinking, was this all real? Is it possible it wasn't? I, I experienced all these things, and now this internal torment starts to take place. And if you've ever been in a crisis, you know you always have two options. You have an option to run to the Lord, or you have an option to run the other way. And the thing is, is now Peter finds himself warming himself by the fire with other people. Not, not with the disciples, with other people. People that want Jesus dead. He's warming himself, trying to find comfort while he blends in. Think about that. If you find yourself in a place of crisis, it's a, it's a normal thing to want to get comforted. But if you try to find yourself being comforted and blending into the masses and the crowds, you are going down the wrong direction and the wrong road quickly. Because now the man that's saying, I will never deny you, is now sitting by the fire with people that want Jesus dead. What is happening? But you see, when you're in a place of a crisis... You're not always thinking as straight as, as you would normally. Your current reality and what you believe is now being challenged. A crisis will, will force you to make a choice if you really believe that God is God or you're going to start questioning if He is really there. You will find yourself in a place going, hey, Jesus, I know he said never leave me or forsake me, but now in this place of crisis, I, I, you know, Peter, I'm the guy, I've been walking with Jesus, I've been learning his ways, I've been seeing these miracles, and now all of a sudden, Jesus is not there. Have you ever felt like that? I'm walking with the Lord, everything's good, and whoa, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, wait, the crisis is happening, and we're going, Jesus, where are you? I've had multiple people ask me recently where crisis has hit their life, they're like, well, where's God? Because it appears that he's not there. And when you find yourself in a place of this type of crisis, someone saying, well, he said it, I'll leave you, forsake you, usually does not sink in. So Peter's sitting there, trying to blend in. Then he denies. He denies what, that he knows Jesus. Because he's scared. Everything that's normal is not normal anymore. There's an eternal conflict going on. Is he really the Christ or is he not? Did I give up everything for nothing? Because it sure seems like God's abandoned me because he's not here right now. In fact, he's been taken captive. Or so it would appear. Starts to get you to question what I really believe. In verse 58, it says, And after a little while, someone else saw him and said, You're one of them too. And he said, No, I'm not. In verse 62, it goes and says, After the third time, and he has made eye contact with Jesus, now he, he realizes the weight of what has taken place. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Not handling your crisis will cause you to become very bitter. And like I said in the beginning, if you're not in a place of crisis, just put this in your back pocket because this will come in handy sometime, someday. Because if you're not handling the crisis correctly, 
you're going to get extremely bitter because it will shed light on what you truly believe. A crisis will attack your identity and even question what you believe and who you believe God really is. A crisis will cause you to focus solely on yourself. Last night, my 11-year-old daughter was playing outside. Kids play hard, and she ends up falling, scraping her chin on some very rough asphalt. And the first question she asked is, Daddy, why is this happening to me? But in this place of her little crisis in this moment, as there's blood everywhere, and I'm looking going, ooh, man, that is a, that is a gash. And then coming to the reality that she was going to need stitches. That was her crisis. There was nothing else going on in that moment for her except this blood exiting my chin. That was it. It didn't matter about the weather outside. It didn't matter what good things were going on. Is what it, no, everything solely focused on what her crisis was in that moment. And so when we find ourselves in that crisis, we become tunnel vision. And it can be very easy if we do not handle this correctly that we will focus on us the entire time. And how many knows when you start center, self-centered, uh, centering on self, that usually good things don't take place. Because our self-centeredness will get us in trouble every time. I would imagine Peter sitting there going, what, what is happening? What, what is going on? Do, do I really believe, do I still believe all these things? And all of a sudden now the reality of he has denied and did the exact thing that he said he would not do. Isn't that frustrating when you do something that you said you would never do? When you find yourself in this place, you have to know how to handle the crisis. Peter did not know what he was doing. I think of, I think of David. I know I've preached on this many times, and so I'm not going to spare all the details, but remember David and Ziglag. He's out doing all the things him and his men do, conquering, and he's, he's going back to Ziglag, expecting the celebration, because that's what would happen, is the wives, the families, the music would be going, there'd be a party, a celebration, the men are coming around the corner, the men have come back victorious, that's what they were used to. But not this day. They're turning the corner, wondering, why am I not hearing music yet? Why am I smelling smoke? Because the Philistines had come in, taken all the wives, children, and everything, and burned the place down. And as you know, David's men, they were so, such in a place of crisis in that moment, that the Word of God says that they had no power left in them because they had spent it all weeping. They had nothing left to get, they had nothing left. Because each and every one of those men was now in this state of crisis because their families were gone. In that moment, David had no one else to turn to. Because you remember, even David's men wanted to kill him. And probably would have if they had had strength. 
In that moment, David is now facing a crisis. Yeah, totally different situation, but yeah, a crisis nonetheless. How are you going to handle your crisis? Peter ended up trying to blend in, seek comfort, deny the Lord three times. David said, I will, I got nobody. I got nobody. But you know what? I know who my God is. I know who my God is. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. Got his men back on track and they went and got their families back. What you believe dictates your actions. Actions dictate results. What do you truly believe? Because see, when you find yourself in a place of crisis, sometimes you don't feel everything you normally feel. You either get super numb or super hypersensitive. And if you don't know who you are in that moment, you're about to find out what you really believe. I spoke with somebody recently who's going through a hard time. And, and I've known him for a while, and just uh, bad stuff's been going on. And so I, said, I sat down, and I'm at the uh, table. There's three of us, two, two guys. And I, and I said, you know, they start, or he starts telling me what, what's been going on. And, you know, every, every, when, when, you're in, when you're in a bad situation, you know, there's two sides to every story, right? So you got your story. The other person's got their story. And, and he's like, hey, this is, my, this is my side of the story. I'm like, all right. So he's telling me, telling me, telling me. And I said, okay, stop, time out. You've told me all these things that do me and you no good. First and foremost, where's the Lord in this? And can you even hear him? He said, no. I said, okay. Well, that's the first problem we got to get over because we got to get you reconnected with the Lord. And he said, well, and, he, and you could tell now there's some bitterness there. Because if you don't handle a crisis correctly, you're going to get bitter. Because you've been done wrong. No one understands. You feel forsaken. So, I said, okay, hold up. I'm like, I got, a, I got a, something I'm going to say to you, pointing at the guy. And I said, I'm going to say it to you too, pointing to the other guy, which really was not a part of the equation, but yet it was still relevant. So, killing two birds with one stone. I said, look. There are choices that we make in our life that, that pivot our direction and our course of life. And I said, let's take a journey real quick. 20 years ago, there was a choice made that led to another choice, that led to another choice, that led to another choice. And here we are 20 years later. And your, your life is garbage. And I am genuinely concerned for your soul. I love the guy. And I said, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. You just, you just, you just came out of a really difficult meeting. Um, a difficult meeting. And I said, you know, the guy I used to know, if he had just come out of that meeting, he wouldn't be sitting here eating a burrito, talking about it, acting like nothing's wrong. The guy that I used to know would be out warring right now. And I said, you have forgotten who you are. I haven't forgotten. I used to know the guy. I, it's the only memories I have. I know who you used to be. I know who God's called you to be. But you have allowed crisis after crisis after bad decision after bad decision after flesh stacked on more flesh. And now you are in a pit that you can't get out of. 
and you don't know who you are. And even more importantly, you've forgotten who God is. And you know what? He didn't deny it because it's true. When you find yourself in a place of crisis, either going to handle it correctly or you're not. David handled it honorably. He didn't forget who God was. There was no one left to turn to for David, but he did not forget who God was. When you find yourself in a place of a crisis, do you find yourself repeating the words that other people have spoken? The opinions, the lies, the... Because when you're going through a crisis, people come out of the woodwork. If you've ever experienced this, people will come out of the woodwork to give you their most awesome opinions about you and what you should do. Even if they've never been in that situation, they still have the opinion about what you should do. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense to listen to them, but for some reason people do. So one way to handle it correctly would be, are you, are you asking yourself, are you repeating the opinions of others? Or do you find yourself declaring who God is? You know what? I'm in a bad place and I am tired, but you know what? The Lord is my strength. The Lord is the lifter of my head. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my deliverer. And he is faithful. And he said he'll never leave me or forsake me. So that's got to be more than enough. And because I have not forgotten about who he is, and I have not forgotten about who he is in me, then I recognize that somebody, a child of God, does not need to be defaulting to stupid things in the world just because I am having a hard time. But see, if you don't know who you are, wishy-washy, just going with whatever way the wind blows. Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to ask that you turn there. And I'm going to ask that you take note of this because I think it would do everyone good this week if they come back to Second uh, Peter chapter 1 and really dig into this themselves. I thought Second Peter chapter 1 uh, verse 10 says, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. That stand out to anybody? That you should never fall. That should, that should be like kind of exciting. Did you know that was there? <laughs> that you, if you do these things, if you do these things, you shall never fall. I'm thinking it's probably important about what these things are. Because if I'm in a state of crisis, it does not mean that I have fallen. This is an amazing opportunity to find the Lord in it, experience the Lord in new ways, and allow Him to grow me through it. So I wonder what all these things are. Turn with me, or just go up a little bit to verse 2. And I think this is kind of cool, because Peter experienced all these bad things. I know Peter has a bad rap for certain things, and yet, yet... When you look at what Peter can do when he's yielded to God and the Holy Spirit is now upon him and in him, now his shadow's healing the sick. God is a redeemer, amen? 
So I think it's kind of cool that Peter, in, in, in the second Peter, he's got something to say about Lord has something to say through him about this, about walking in a little bit more victory. Where So when you're in a place of crisis, or not, here's some, here's some steps to follow. Verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, according as a divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption of that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you lack these things, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he has been purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to making your calling and election sure. For if you do these things... He shall never fall. This chunk of scripture is worth digging into this week to find out what the Lord has for you in it. Because this is saying, hey, there's some things you got to add to your faith. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean you stop there. The Lord's got a journey for you to walk on, and He's going to be walking on it with you. So there's some steps that you need to add. And if you don't add these things, you're going to walk in an immature, weak, and then end up wounded faith because a crisis has come along, and now Jesus doesn't look like he's there for you, and now you end up having wounded faith. That's no good. That's no good. This, it's, it's weird this conversation keeps coming up with me, but I've had this conversation like a lot lately. It's weird. Is people bring up this topic of like being mad at God or whatever that might be. And I said, look, I don't recommend that. You have no right to be mad at God. I understand that it happens. I understand people deal with these things. And, and this, this guy was mad. He was very upset with the situation he found himself in. And I said, your own stupidity has gotten you here. God did not put you into this. I know you're asking, why did God allow this to happen? Just like my little girl, why is this happening to me? Well, you're playing hard. <laughs> this kind of happens. Life can bang you up sometimes. But the thing is, is God didn't do that. So you end up questioning and you end up thinking like, oh, it's all about me and God's not there and blah, blah, blah. No, your perspective is totally wrong. So even if you find yourself in a place of being mad, at least acknowledge, hey, this isn't right and we're not setting up camp here. God, this is it and I'm taking this to you. As you dive into this scripture this week, you're going to find out things like what virtue means, what knowledge actually means. And I think it's interesting because the knowledge you're supposed to add to your faith talks about more of a learning book knowledge, but then you continue to go down of talking about abounding the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That knowledge is a totally different knowledge. It's a knowledge that comes from intimacy and time with Him. So you got to dig in. 
Find out what it says. Because again, if you do these things, and these things abound in you, you will never fall. How awesome is that? That's like, that's like a battle plan for victory right there. Read 2 Peter chapter 1 this week. You have to check to make sure that you have not allowed the crisis to blind you. As, as a verse, uh, what was it, verse uh, 10? I lost it. If you lacketh these things, you're blind. When the crisis comes and you haven't stacked these on top of each other, you're not going to see the Lord in it. You're going to become self-centered, bitter, angry, defeated. And then you're just one of those people saying, well, I love God, but you always have a weird opinion. It's not what we're about. The Lord's looking to show himself strong. We should be able to have enough of him in us and us dead enough to where we can go through a crisis and come out the other side and people go, how are you still standing? God, that's why. I'm doing it with Jesus. You're doing it by yourself. Pick a side. So worship team, come on back up. Isn't it cool how the Word of God has all this applicable stuff that we can use on a daily basis? <laughs> Including jets flying over us. Today, I want you to examine your heart today. You might not be going through a crisis, and maybe you are going through a crisis, but know this, when it does happen, there's going to be a crossroad, and you're going to have a choice in how you handle it. Yes, it's smart to have a good support system of people that you can go to, but you got to know, just like David, he didn't even have that. It was him and Jesus, and often when going through a crisis, it is time for you to be just you and Jesus, because that's when you really, really get to know him. You get to know him as your comfort, your peace, your protector, your provider. And watch him show up and defeat the enemy for you. Let's all stand. If you find yourself in a place where it is not good, if you find yourself in a place where you recognize you're not handling it correctly, then I'm going to ask that you come to line and, and be honest before the Lord and, and, and deal with that. Make that right with the Lord today. If you're good and saying, hey, I'm not going through a crisis. Hey, it's, everything's all good. Well, then you got your marching order. Second Peter chapter 1 this week. Each and every one of you have your own story. Each and every one of you have your own stories about how God has brought you through to the other side of things. And yet, isn't it interesting how quickly we forget sometimes? Just like Peter, man, he, he experienced all this stuff and then finds himself denying the Lord. How is it that you can go through stuff and soon forget? That is why we don't settle for relationship with Jesus and we're pushing for fellowship. Unbroken. I will not soon forget what the goodness and the things that the Lord has done. I hold on to those things because I'm talking to him daily about those things. 
we're going to worship today. If you need prayer, if you need to make something right with the Lord, I'm going to ask you to come to the line and do that. We're going to stay in worship. If you need to go, consider yourself dismissed. All right, guys, I hope that uh, helped in some way, shape, or form for you. I encourage you, take some time, be honest before the Lord today. Seek Him, deal with any hidden uh, hurts of the heart, and really be honest before Him and allow Him to pull you out of the situation because He wants to show Himself strong through you. Until next time, guys, God bless.